0: Welcome to the Melomancy Podcast, a podcast so dedicated to being unscripted that we get Sarge and Victim's genuine reaction to the news. Guys, Destiny's pregnant. What? Oh. I'm going to be a dad. Oh. Don't even- <laughs> Shut up, what? I'm not kidding. I'm I'm 100% serious right now. Dude, that's what you meant by you? <laughs> you want to do the- oh, God. You wanted to oh. fucking sleep, like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> I haven't told I, anyone except for like my parents.
1: Were your parents? Were your pa- Were <laughs> you, you know just my- dropping bombs, man? <laughs> You're not my parents oh, goddamn.
0: No. No, I told my parents and um I told Kainzo like a fi- like 5 minutes ago cuz he asked why I was so fucking busy and I found out on like Thursday the the end of my last weekend, which is why that weekend got cut really short and I had to go like out and about instead of being on online and holy fuck
1: Well, now I feel bad that we didn't, like, go behind your back and make a prank about it, and where she's really trolling you, and then you do this, and then we're trolling you instead, but that's not the case, unfortunately.
0: I think you guys planned to prank me at some point. I think I was privy to some sort of prank in the process. Dude, holy fuck, this is
1: awesome. You need need to name it Victor Tim. Victor Timothy, in fact. No. What? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. We have names picked out. We've we've had them forever. Um, what is I don't, Joey? I'm, it's not Joey. Absolutely no Bible names, is it, whatsoever. Androvakin? No, 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 no. It's not anything oh. weird, but it's not anything like super boring or anything Harambe.
2: Christian. Harambe. Harambe.
1: It's not Harambe. <laughs> Harambe reborn. He's oh, he's embanked us once more. <laughs>
0: I've been waiting for so long to tell you guys. Kid, now, nothing will ever kid change comes now. comes out
1: black and you're like, what? But none Wait. of us are black.
0: How is he black? No, but like, uh, now that I've told you, and anyone listening to this podcast will know, soon we'll reveal on Facebook to the extended family that don't know yet. And then uh, everyone's just going to be treating me different. It's going to be so weird. I don't even know what to expect.
2: We should just put the pos- podcast on your Facebook and like allude to big news inside.
0: I, I don't know about that because I like to keep my personal life and my uh, gaming life separate. And I, I kind of like put this in the gaming well, bucket. That's fair, fair enough. But
2: this episode specifically? Mm. Not not the announcement itself. When, but once they get to the SoundCloud, the they'll be like, serious. oh. <laughs> oh,
0: true. Now, then again, free accounts Go on SoundCloud, it. they get like a couple hours where the free audio uploads. So, I mean, you could chop this part out of your recording and you can upload it and be like, look at this.
2: <laughs> yeah a, lar- a large portion of it yeah i could do that
0: yeah and then they wouldn't have like th- the link to get to the actual podcast. i mean unless you want them to i mean people on your facebook that's fine but like i don't want like i, I wouldn't be ashamed if my real life friends and family like found the podcast the ones that don't know how many video how much video games i play and all the things that i do Like, it wouldn't bother me, but I like to keep it separate, because I don't want to bother them about it. Like, I don't want to be that annoying, like, wannabe YouTuber that's, like, sharing videos to his mom that he made. Like, no.
1: That's that's
0: not going to happen. I
1: take
2: offense to that. (laughs) I don't. I just want to fucking... To everybody. Speaking speaking (laughs) of people not knowing who we are... Watch it. I'm Victim. I'm
0: Sarge. I'm I'm sorry for stealing the show. My name's Don. (laughs) Anyway... Dylan that's just something... brought up a really good point. He
2: said yeah. he didn't want to alienate or be embarrassed. He wouldn't be embarrassed or alienated by his real-life people, knowing that he plays games and whatnot. But that brings us to the point of the episode, which is obviously something very serious, because that's we've alluded to that already.
0: And we won't know what the title's going to be until we say something clever and title-worthy, like I do for every episode. But uh, let's just get it out of there now. This episode is going to be largely about depression and about, like, dealing with bullshit.
2: And the coping mechanisms of it all. And this can be anywhere. A lot of kids are experiencing it in high school. uh, There are people experiencing it who are my age, mid-20s, and later. Pretty much everybody experiences it to some degree at some point in time. And we're here to try to give you a spectrum And the coping mechanisms that may or may not be extremely unhealthy but seem to help us get through all that from our personal experiences.
1: Or maybe if you haven't actually dealt with it on your own uh, maybe help you understand it for people around you who may be going through it.
2: Yeah kind of uh, remove the stigma of mental illness as it is and you can you know spot the signs possibly save a life and we're going to have the suicide helpline and just anything we can figure out to put that would help down in the description. And with that, I think Victim was going to go first.
0: Before we get yeah. started, um, Let me uh, point out, those of you that listen to the podcast regularly, there are a few of you out there that I appreciate the hell out of you. Um, you may have noticed in the last episode, we explained um, why we took so long. And that has to deal with some stuff that Sarge was dealing with. We'll get to that in a moment. But that, that is largely inspiration for this episode, of course. Yes. I'm going to repost that goddamn GoFundMe in this description, too. But, Victim, go ahead.
1: All right. Yeah, so I was actually, when we brought up the topic, I was thinking um, back to high school. Actually, even even really before high school, I had a really... Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll start the story as early back as, like, elementary. Um, I, was, I was kind of a ladies' man throughout, like, majority of my early school days um without even knowing it women were like confessing to me i had women who would cry because i would wouldn't give them attention i mean it's elementary school pretty much any kid would cry at the drop of a fucking hat but besides the point um you know like and and i didn't think about it until you know late middle school and i'm like you know what women are pretty hot i'm like why didn't i take any chances (laughs) what am i thinking so, I actually started to drop into a, a bit of a depression because of that, actually, where I started to think I needed a girlfriend, and uh, it, it sucked. Like, because at that point, I was trying, but I didn't know how to try. And, yeah.
0: But, uh... Dude, I totally get that. Like, you, a lot of people don't realize how much pressure there is on, like, young boys to get girlfriends. Like, it's like something's wrong with you if you can't charm a girl. And it's, like, the most unimportant thing in your fucking life when you're 12.
1: Apparently, I was yeah. better at it without trying. So back to that. Well, that—that's the
2: answer. That's the answer. You don't try, but try. Like, don't don't look like a homeless person. You know, mm-hmm. stay clean. Keep do you?
1: Yeah. Better. Listen, than any girls anything, out there? I know how to shave. Uh, I look like a hobo right now, but I, you know, <laughs> wink, wink. Beards <laughs> no. are in. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking. But, um, but yeah, no. I it kind of like it pushed past that too, to where like. Um, I eventually, you know, got a girlfriend, uh, but the point being, um, you know, I, I went through where my friends basically just didn't want to be around me anymore because I just felt depressing everyone, but, you know, I started to actually meet women who, who wanted to be around me, and, you know, things started to get a little better. Um, I met this uh, girl who, you know, I probably shouldn't give names, uh, we'll just call her Annie, that's not anywhere near her name. Um, who, you know, first, the first time meeting her was she asked if she could warm her hands in my hoodie and I'm like, hell yeah, you can. Um, she was pretty good looking I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Give me your hands. And we basically sat there and held hands for a long time. And, um, then I found out that like, she did this to every dude that she met and it wasn't anything special. So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of a shitty thing. Um, she started dating my best friend who you guys will, I'm going to use his name because I I think he's, I think he's fine with it. Uh, Torm or Mark, you know, being Mark's right-hand man, he, he got all the girls essentially. I started to fall into this weird trap of falling for the, the girlfriend of his, uh, their best friend. And I would chase after them and nothing would ever come of it. Um, and all the while I'd be denying these girls that were clearly interested in me. Without even knowing it. Um, in fact, I had like two very prominent women in my in my life. And one of them who was still in my life for a while. Who I directly told them, no, I do not want to date them. When they asked me out. And I totally regret it now.
0: Sounds like the good old Java out of scope exception.
1: Yeah, exactly. One of them was really bigger during middle school. And uh, like being shallow as hell, little victim. I was like, uh, no, you're fat. Sorry. Uh, but now she's like pretty fucking good looking, and if for whatever reason a relationship carried on past middle school and high school, would have been well the well worth the wait. Uh, is all I'm gonna say. But I, I even
0: if you didn't like, even if you got together in high in middle school and you didn't survive through high school, you probably would have like experience. branched off in a a more experienced direction. You would have been with like other girls. Like you, you can't just like project how it would have gone. Yes. Which is the most hurtful part is because you just don't know.
1: But that actually started to, to branch into the point of, like, I didn't recognize any of this, and I actually got so depressed that um, I I wasn't really suicidal. I mean, I had those thoughts, but I was, I was more homicidal. Like, I, I wanted to just kill anyone in my life that had um, essentially got in my way. And Mark, if he ever ends up listening to this, you are definitely on that list. Um, I know where you live now, but like, just pretty much anybody in my life that ever, like, turned and and gave me adversity, I essentially was just like, all right, well, if I ever have to make up a list and I acquire a gun, your name's on there, so. But, you know, like, it was a shitty feeling, because, like, I'd have to see these people every single day, and I was basically holding this immense grudge for no reason, for my own stupidity. But, you know, depression doesn't really make you think straight. But it was at that point, around that point in time, that I actually got a girlfriend. But, Turns out, she was kind of loony in the head, and we'll call her Jenny, because that's nowhere near her name. Um, Well, Jenny was pretty, pretty chill for the first three months. Uh, a Christian girl who didn't want to have sex. She's meeting her parents halfway, no sex till after high school. And I was like, at, at first, I'm like, I got a girlfriend, that's all that matters. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for that, whatever, I'll respect. You know, as shit went along, I'm, I'm going to get a little weird here, I guess we can cut bits out as we go, but... She didn't know that oral sex, um, you know, didn't count towards the whole virginity debacle and however you want to look at that. And it wasn't until I explained that to her that, you know, we started to mess around. You know, things carried on pretty quickly to the point where she was ready to break her own vows, essentially, which brought on a new form of depression where she kept telling me weird things like if I broke up with her, she'd kill herself. If. You know, she'd tell me things like she didn't want me to hang out with my friends anymore because she was afraid of me cheating on her with their girlfriends. Um, hell, I wasn't even allowed to be around a girl that she knew I asked out in the past because she was afraid that I'd cheat on her. And, like, it just got, like, really, like, fucked up in my head to the point where my friends had to hijack my Facebook account and break us up, which I was really, really, really pissed about. And oh, that's nuts, I was depressed for, like, months and months after that as well where like it just was painful to me to 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 be alone i guess you know is the way i felt <laughs> which is leads me to a weird story um mark's girl at the time had uh introduced me to a girl who at the time i legitimately thought she showed interest i told her a little bit about my past and how i used to help out autistic kids and she was like the vibe i got was like she's like totally into me at this point i'm like oh hey you know this this isn't so bad and i came off a little creepy i think and uh, you know but mark actually he, he even told me later he's like nah man you just you know you, you were in love with this chick like it, it wasn't anything too weird it was uh but i don't know so i kind of went back to my old ways hopping from girl to girl just kind of coming on too strong until the whole stephanie debacle which i guess i can use her name since she's done enough to be well known. Yeah, fuck her. I mean, on the SoundCloud you can find out her name. I haven't used the other people's names. Um Fortunately
0: I did not record um when you broke up with her. Though you were never technically dating. Doubt- I remember that day. You got really drunk on uh on the on the Herocraft team speak and who was in the channel? It was like it was me, I think Gabizo and Zizo. And we basically talked you into like ditching this girl who was really manipulative yeah
1: it, it was it was one of those weird situations where if you, if you guys don't know what a nice guy is it's essentially someone who pretends to be nice or acts nice because they think that it's the way that they can loop a girl into sex essentially or even a relationship and so I, she would accuse me of that every once in a while and this dude that uh i was running a twitch account at the time and there was three mods the girl i was talking about uh, the stephanie person and her to be fiance, who she broke up with at some point in time and the point being is that i i I didn't oh legitimately i told her like the first bit after she broke up with my friend at the time i told her that she had come to me before she even broke up with him saying i like you and i'm like okay uh but i'm not gonna let you cheat on my best friend so sorry despite her best efforts and she basically like i was like listen I'm not going to sit here and like, wait and wait and wait for someone. I'm like, like, do you want to go out? Do you want to date? Do you want to try and do this thing? And she told me straight out? No. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, and I'm leaving it at that. I'm basically just like, if you change your mind, if I'm still single, it's not going to mean anything off my, my schedule. You kind of deal. But she kept coming on to me, like through like the eight months that we were together, uh, as friends. And, Like, she'd want to come over to my house. She'd want to stay here. Um, She'd always, like, tell me that she would only come over if my parents were gone. You know, shit like that. Like, very clearly, like, coming on to me. And I'm like... A lot of times I want to just be like, listen, bitch. Like, what the fuck? But, um, you know, I didn't like to... I was really passive. I still am kind of passive. So I just would let it go. Um, Until she started to, like, literally turn anybody I talked to against me... Um, I lost a good three friends due to her, you know, messing around with them and either getting them angry with me or giving me a reason to be angry with them, um, which brought on like kind of like a different kind of depression where I was just angry all the time until I got drunk and drunk victim decided the best idea was to tell her to go fuck herself, which it was the best idea in the world. I felt so fucking lifted. And I guess it kind of comes in. I, I think
0: um, I think drunk victim came on Teamspeak, and I think either it was Zizo or Colonel Rick that told drunk victim to tell Stephanie to go fuck herself. Well,
1: I, I basically was complaining about it, and they're like, "Well, why do you do- still deal with it?" And I'm like, "You know what? You're right." And I'm like, "It's time to fucking do this shit." It was like <laughs> I like strapped my guns on, and I'm like straight onto Skype, and I'm like, and "I'm like, hey, hey, what's going on, guys?" I'm like, "Hey, go fuck yourself," and I blocked them all. I I think they're still blocked. Um, to this day, actually. Well, that's Skype. I don't use Skype, trash, so I would I mean. have went and, and unmute, unmuted them. Um, but I don't know. But, yeah, no, I guess that kind of comes into my coping method. Um, because I am definitely not very depressed anymore. I still have little spurts here and there where, like, I'll, I'll watch a show or I'll play a video game that kind of reminds me of it. And kind of, like, gets me down for, like, a day or two. But uh, I come up with my own ways of, of dealing with it. I use sheer willpower to kind of break through it, and I think that's uh, that's something that I would like to really point out is that you don't need medication to get through depression. You don't need uh, even help necessarily. If you if you want to not be depressed, you can definitely do it. It's not the only way, and I'm not d- discrediting medicine or anything along those lines. But you know, for people out there that don't want to take that route, you you still have a chance. Uh, well, I think
0: you're you're confusing. Um like depression that requires medication with like just being really depressed about something because like when you know you have so much toxicity in your life like back then when you were with stephanie right like you were probably indistinguishable from a depressed person but there are depressed people out there who don't have anything actually wrong with their life and like people like you in your situation would probably wish you had a life like theirs fair enough Which is kind of the shitty thing, because a lot of people like to shit on people with depression that need medication because it's like, but your life is fine. Why are you sad? It's like, they're not sad because something went wrong. They're literally sick.
2: Kind of discredits it. Secondly, depression is like a five-gallon bucket of water. It doesn't matter the whole thing. All of depression. Every single person in the world is in this five-gallon bucket of water, right? Your water drop in this water. Now, you could be someone who's thinking about suicide you could be someone who has attempted suicide you'd be someone who has really strict parents and you just brought home the worst report card of your life like i'm talking d's and you're now just absolutely torn down and you're depressed to all hell it doesn't matter the difference because everybody hurts differently something that Someone would see like somebody would be like d s that's amazing. They see that, and they wonder why people are sad. Why are you sad about that that's that's better than this or this. They don't see it that way. That's a low for them. that's the lowest low for them sometimes, and that messes people up that it everybody discredits uh mental illness or they put a stigma on it. Because it's very hard to explain whether... Because like I said, it's like a bucket of water. You could be anywhere in that bucket of water. It doesn't matter. You're...
1: Yeah, I, I can... I see what you mean. Yeah, so...
0: That's why, victim, you're able to just pull yourself out of your depressive state because you can just remove the toxicity from your life. And then everything's suddenly better. But, yeah, like, there's there's people out there that just... That yeah. doesn't help them. Because they're... It, it affects them differently but everyone hurts like everyone like people should not be turned away or, or judged for, for telling the people that they're depressed because a lot of depression would get better because there's a lot of depressive cases like yours where they just need to make life changes and they will get better like those people like antidepressant medicine doesn't help them so it's kind of a two way street mm-hmm. you know but these people are the ones that need to come forward and say I need help well
1: I think at that point my, my moral yeah. would be don't be afraid to change if shit isn't going well, if you are at rock bottom, there's nothing you can do that will force you through the ground.
0: The only thing these two kinds of depression really have in common is that you need to step forward and ask for help. And whether that, and then they'll either get you to a doctor and get you evaluated and get you medicine, or they will advise some life changes that you'll have to struggle okay. through
2: on your own. Through
1: counseling for or
2: you can do it yourself.
1: For a little while. Um, right. I didn't really yeah. feel like counseling helped me, necessarily, but it all depends on the person counseling, right? Hmm. Like
0: I I had I had some issues like when I was young where I am obviously you know pretty fucking happy now. I mean, I'm having a fucking kid. And that's fantastic. But you know, like even before that news, I was a pretty happy guy, right? I still am. So, but when I was younger, I was I was just a troubled kid. Like I remember in elementary school, I had like a problem with crying. Like I was never actually sad, but people would like say my first middle and last name like all together and then I would just I would just start crying. I don't even understand why. No one does. And it was, it was funny to all the other kids, so they just kept doing it. But I was like, I'm not even sad. Why am I crying? And then they make fun of me for crying, like I'm some kind of crybaby. And it's like, but I'm not upset. I got water in my eyes. I don't understand. And it just, it went on until I transferred to a different school in fifth grade, which was the best thing ever. I made my first fucking friends in fifth grade because the, the people that I thought were friends or they were just acquaintances, they were just garbage. And I, I didn't see them again. Until middle school, when I was in such a better state of mind and had such a nice foundation of friends. Uh, sorry, do you remember? This is actually when I moved to Bayview. was fifth
1: grade. Yeah. So that's Cos... that's, that's when we Isn't it funny that met, you have a school right? named like, Bayview. My... Yeah. Bayview here?
2: No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh okay. Sorry. The, yeah.
0: The school was called, like, Arminjar. <laughs> like, it was, like, this weird, like, Indian name. Or whatever. So, I went to one school, and I transferred to in... Uh, when I moved to the same apartments that Sarge lives in, and, like, I was, like, the neighbors were around my age, you know, like, Sarge is just a year older than me, you know, like, we could pick on his little brother together, and we had a couple of neighborhood kids that were around our age, too, and we would just, I don't know, play hide-and-seek, I don't know, I had a large collection of swords from various Halloweens where I don't throw anything away, and we would, like, hit each other, it was great, Right. It was, like, way better than grades kindergarten through four. Believe me. So, that was a thing. And after I went back to middle school, I remember, like, staring one of my former bullies down in the face. He's like, hey, you're that you're that Dylan guy, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, what of it? And he just kind of left me alone. Like, oh, okay. Like, they, they knew I was gone. I don't know if they ever felt bad about what they did. But they didn't really do anything. Like, it was just kicked off, like... Without warning, I would just start crying, and I don't even know why. It was just at an unfortunate time in my life, because I wasn't able to make my first friends, really. So, you know, after I had that squared away, um, nothing they really ever did bothered me again. Because I just, just fuck them, I could just leave.
2: Yeah, you came to a realization.
0: hmm I, I wasn't able to make friends back then, because I was the laughing stock of the grade. And no one wanted to be my friend because of that. So, after I moved, I simply didn't tell anyone about that. Just didn't make mention of it. And then everyone treated me like a normal kid, and then I made friends. Like, what a surprise. Yeah, it kind of
1: reminds me of my grade six years, which I guess I kind of probably attributed to depression, but I never thought about it that way. I just played a practical joke with a a couple of people I knew, and then the entire grade was us, like, they used it for the rest of the year as a way of making fun of me
0: funny though uh, victim that your story about girls like begins all the way back in middle school like when i was in middle school i was just concerned about like getting the best stats in the latest armored core game so i could s-rank well, all the that's missions all I,
1: all I was worried <laughs> about you know like was, was playing video games with friends but we never really played any games that had competitiveness and there wasn't until like like early high school that i started getting into like halo 3 and stuff
0: like i didn't have any luck with girls until i was like much older like i'm not ashamed of it I basically, I didn't have any friends that were girls. The only real girls I talked to were my sister and my stepsister, who eventually moved away, and I haven't seen since. And that that's a bad example because my sister's three years older than me and has like no overlapping friends. like the uh, the only overlapping friend that we have is uh, Kyle, who doesn't come around Melomancy anymore, but he used to because he's the same age as her, three years older than me. What had happened was um, and sorry, Hold you on. May remember... I'd
2: like to pretend that I'm an overlapping friend there.
0: Oh, whatever. We were neighbors. <laughs> well, well, still, whatever. You know what I meant? I meant there. I don't know what I meant. I, like, they're, I didn't really get along with her friends. That's what I'm saying. And she had friends that were the same age as me because she was in the high school band. And um, when she was a senior, I was a freshman. So they all knew her and worshipped her like some kind of god. And I would walk past the bandos like to the soda machine in the morning, and I'd just be like, "Yo, what up?" And they'd be like, they would look at me and be like, they would take off their glasses with shaking hands and just stare and point, and be like, "You're Lacey's brother." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, what of it?" Creep. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. No, but um, uh, sorry, I I don't remember where I was going with the story. Oh, I was just uh... Uh, I was remarking. It was funny that you know, victim. He's talking about how how early girls were introduced to his little story there in middle school, and for me that didn't really happen until much later. It's not like I didn't try; I just didn't really have any friends that were girls. Uh, there was eventually this girl that moved into the same apartments as us. You remember? And I uh, I started talking to her, and I friend zoned her as like a, like a test subject to like understand how girls think. So I would I would spend time with her. I think her name was like Rebecca or something, and I would spend time with her. Uh, basically, I friend zoned her as like an experiment to like understand how girls think because I ha I was so clueless and I was like, like I need you to help me understand this bullshit. And then it was after, you know, I cut ties with her that I actually was successful and got my first girlfriend <laughs> a stepping stone, if you will.
2: So both of you just needed uh, some sort of life changing thing to kind of snap out of it.
0: Yeah. It seems. And it wasn't a snap out moment. It was more of a, I'm clueless and need to learn.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Learn or grow or whatever to get away from the toxicity or whatever it may be that you were facing that kind of put you in a bad state of mind.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't even know what it was back in fucking elementary school. It was it. Everything set me off. I don't know what it was. I mean, my parents did separate when I was like 10, 11. That sucked. But I had this problem before they split. And before they split, I had no reason to be upset about my home life. I didn't even have much reason to be upset about my home life afterwards. I mean, you remember, like, my mom went through a string of really shitty boyfriends before she met the man that she would go on to marry. That sucked, but it didn't, it wasn't horrible, you know? Like, you see on TV, like, cases that are a million times worse. Speaking of, just
2: in case he's listening, shout out to Ice Cube's lookalike, what up?
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. He does look like Ice Cube. (laughs)
2: It almost sounds like Ice Cube. Anyways, um, so you guys both needed drastic life changes, and I can see how that works. I knowing depression can kind of identify whether you need serious help or if it's just something you need to get away from. And that's when I realized that my case might be a little bit different than yours, and this is probably where it gets really dark, so that's that's gonna be that.
0: Is that a trigger um, warning?
1: Yeah, that's a trigger warning. Take your sunglasses off, you're you that's just right, going to see anything at this point.
2: Gonna, gonna have to put them back on, deal with it. Let's hear it. So, with me, it starts when I was uh, 21 or so. I I was never bullied in school or anything. Like, people would try me, but I would fight a lot, so you know they they stopped trying me after they realized hey this kid will punch you in the face if you try to bully him he doesn't care i had problems through school i i was i felt like i was relatively liked i hung out with everybody i could there were people who hated me there's always going to be someone who hates you but it wasn't until i was about 21 my my main core group of friends people who i'd known since 7th grade if not longer so Eight some odd years easily, we, I lived at their houses. They lived at mine. We would just walk in. There was no knocking. We'd eat each other's food. It didn't matter, you know. Yeah, we were all just. We were a family. It was family. Well, some things happened, and I don't really want to get into all that. But a lot of things happened, and different personalities react different to. We'll say drama. The the, the head of the group, the one we hung out with the most, I guess we would say, at his house and everything, he was a uh, stubborn type of person. And there was a few new people within our group because uh, girlfriends and, you know, just kind of a revolving door. We, We were chill people. It happens. So one of them didn't like me, and I didn't like her. And she tried to play the whole, you know... I'm going to mess with Sarge type thing. Me being me, I wasn't having that. I didn't punch her in the face physically. I I did it verbally, and I took, you know, my chances. Like, friends give each other crap all the time, but she overstepped. She wasn't that close to me as the others were, but she thought it was cool to give me the same kind of crap that they did. And I told her. I you're out of line, you know, and I, I tore her down. She gets in the ear of uh, my best friend, the head of the group, as I said, and she's kind of planting seeds, as it were, you know, oh, he's bad and this and this and this. And I I by no means was the perfect person in any of those relationships, but there was definitely not – It, it wasn't as bad as she was saying or making it out to be, but – you know, it kinda of grew. You you sowed the seed of deceit, and that's what you get. Naturally, we ended up splitting ways, not amicably, or mutually, amicably, that's probably the wrong word. Mutually, not it wasn't a mutual happiness thing. Like it was we we took it in stride, or I took it in stride, like, okay, this is happening. It wasn't a big blow up or anything, though. I had lost everything, effectively, like, these were my people, I I worked with them, I lived at their house, effectively, their family was my family, and so on and so on, because we just had been together for so long, we all drove around together, we went on adventures, we did everything, so, there was a lot of anger at first, and, like, uh, betrayal feelings, and so on, and we... I pushed through all that. That was, that was nothing. I have a tattoo on my arms that says Hakuna Matata. No worries. I have zero worries. But then it all kind of set in. I, I didn't really make much, many friends after that. I, it could be because I'm afraid too. I don't. For know. those
0: listening at home, I was not in the picture at the time.
2: No, no. I didn't
0: I, really I, get along with these friends of yours that were always in and out of your house, but we were neighbors, and so I came over all the time but after yeah. i had moved away those visits came like few and far between
2: yeah and we could you know i i have no worries on my arms and everything but after pushing through that i realized you know i all of these people were so ingrained they were they were fam like i said family they they were the people that i thought were lifelong friends you know I had known many people from high school, but they all moved away or they'd gotten into drugs or something. These were the people, these were the happy medium, the ones that just fit. And when I realized that, that I couldn't replace them, everything just kind of started fading away. It was, like, earth-shattering, as it were. And then I ended up moving, and effectively, my best friend is my brother right now. Like... My brother and whoever he hangs around with, those are my friends because I just reverted back to family because it's all, you know, like they're my people and all of that. But I started making friends. Now, no bond or relationship to these friends is as tight as the original group because that was years and years of making that was the majority of my life effectively I'm only 25 so eight years that's a long time it's even a longer time for you two guys because you're young as hell
0: 24
2: (coughs) you're young (laughs) get off my lawn god damn it and (laughs) so I was never going to be able to replace these people but I've always had a, a good time helping others you know if I can help somebody that makes me feel better I think that's the same for everybody.
0: Isn't that the reason you moved back to Oklahoma? Because you're like taking care of your grandparents full time. I thought Uh,
2: sort of, but that's not for now. So helping people makes me feel better. You know, if I can, if I see a problem and I can identify a problem, and if I can, like, for example, you guys needed life changing things. I would have been the first guy being like, "Yo, fuck those people. Let's go do something." If I could identify that being the issue. That'd be me. I'd be the first one up in line. Yeah, fuck these people. Nah, man. You don't need them. Let's go for a ride. People naturally gravitate towards me. Whether it's just a vent or whatever, I tend to not be that big of an asshole. Though I am a self-proclaimed sarcastic asshole. But it's all in good fun, good humor. Some people can't handle that, so they hate me. People are always gonna hate you. That's okay. Well, uh, somebody gravitated back towards my life. We had talked a few times, And that was around 20 and a half, 21. So right around the time this all happened, and me and her kind of started talking again. And we grew closer and closer. She became a coping mechanism. Sort of. I would confide in her, and she would confide in me. And she probably knew me better than anyone. Not not the eight-year-old friends, and so on and so on. This person was my best friend in the world. Even though she lived at that time in Washington and then she lived in Texas, she was a little bit closer. Never got to go down and hang out though because, well, despite confiding in me and every attempt I could to help the one time that she probably needed it the most, she didn't message me. And that night she took her own life.
0: That fucking sucks, dude. So. It came as a surprise to me. Like, I I didn't even know that she was having these problems. To me, like, on the outside looking in, we weren't friends on Facebook. I knew who she was. She was in my graduating class. Um, But all all I ever saw was, you know, you two comment on each other's stuff on Facebook all the time. And I knew that you were obviously friends.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, in a sarcastic asshole type way, that is me. We were talking, and she was like, yeah, I did. I I just got off work. I cleaned my house, fed the kid, put him to bed. He's asleep, and so on and so on. And my only reply to her was, hashtag, fuck yeah, shasty. At that point, that kind of started something. She would use that all the fucking time. So much so that when she took her own life, there were people who I had never met, and just in all the... The depressing, oh my god, I can't believe this is real posts and stuff on her Facebook. That shone through on almost every single one. They all put hashtag fuck yeah So that's cool. The way that she went out, a lot of people will say that she lost her battle. I think I even accidentally said that. But in reality, if you're dealing with depression and you're ever at that point you're at that low your mind is taking you to the point where you literally feel like you could kill yourself if you're like if i had a gun right now i could swerve into the oncoming lane i could jump off a bridge so on and so on if you've ever done it and stopped you'll understand like before you ever fully went through with it if you held a gun to your head if you stood on the brink of jumping if you had your head in a rope whatever it was Thought about swerving because you could and you didn't because some people might say oh I couldn't do it or whatever that is the strength that is strength in of itself because it's it's willpower but actually doing it in those moments you are so very aware of your mortality you know everything whether you're scared to death or not at those points in time When you have every opportunity to just go, that's when you question
1: everything.
2: So, when people say it's a selfish act to kill yourself, fuck those people. Killing yourself, now this is not glorifying this by any means, but actually going through with it is the strongest fucking thing anyone can ever do. There is nothing, nothing like looking death right in the face and telling him to fuck himself and go through with it because it's a lot scarier than anybody's and to I, be think that's,
1: I think that's just a, a good example as to how strong depression can be i mean think about it mortality is something we we deal with every day There, there's people that are, that are afraid to even leave their house afraid to, to touch the doorknob above their door for the fear that they may actually step foot outside their door their house you know like there, there's people that are terrified of their own mortality so to think yeah. that someone could look at that can't and, go outside. And, and make the choice. Um, but it's the wrong kind of strength, I, I would say. It, if you have the strength to look at mortality and say that, why not look at mortality and say that, no, no. you know, the, the days that I have left to live. What if, you know? No, no, I, I agree,
2: but I disagree. It's not the wrong kind of strength. There is only one kind of strength. There is only one kind of depression, like I said, with the five-gallon bucket. It is... A bad use of that strength, because you have that strength. If you're able to do it, you have the strength to beat it. Depression is a war. You might wake up one day, one week, one year, and be perfectly fucking fine. But the z- exact next day, it's the you just want to die. You just want to sleep. You feel physically sick. You feel physically worn out. And those are the battles. And that's when you use that strength and to have the strength to actually go through with it. That shows to me more than anything, exactly how much help you need, whether it be someone to confide in or go and get help by anybody. If confiding in someone isn't helping the suicide hotline, isn't going to help much outside of, Hey, can you give me, you know, a, Doctor's name or something. You need those are the points that you need to get help. If anybody who's listening to this app sits down one night and they put a gun up to their head and they're halfway through the trigger and they're about to, you know, it's all going and just anything sticks with them. I want it to be, put that gun down. You're showing all the strength that you need. Just go and get help. It's it. Fuck anybody who would try to bully you and make you feel bad about it, because those people are assholes. They don't, they, they mean nothing. It's it's Hakuna Matata. Nothing, nothing anyone says can dictate how you live. So if you have to go and you move across the country, see a shrink, get some, you know, get the medication if you have to. Do whatever. You have the strength at that. Or cut the
1: toxicity out of your
2: life.
0: I'd also yeah. like to point out um, that I wasn't, like, Shasta's friend on Facebook or anything, but, you know, I, I saw pictures of her, I saw, you know, her comments on-, on Sarge's profile. I could not tell that she was having any sort of problem in her life. Like, I-, need to... I couldn't
2: tell it was that bad.
0: Yeah, like, like... we need to... We can't break into people's minds and figure out just how upset or how much help they need. Right. We need to change the world and the stigma around depression and how, and and remove the barriers of people getting help. There shouldn't be any barriers. Like it's not a cop out to tell someone you're depressed or you suffer from some sort of mental illness. Like they're not made up. I mean, there are plenty of things that people make up. It, It could certainly happen, but we need to treat everyone, whether they're faking or real the same. And with the utmost, I think everybody
1: could use some positivity. Exactly. Even if they're lying, what's some positive vibes going to do? Like, it's only going to help to better their lives. Even, and I know people might see that as like, uh, oh, well, it's belittlement. It's you know, they're mocking. But positivity is is, it just goes a long way, right?
2: Yeah, and like you, like I was saying, you. Can't break like you said you can't break into people's minds and that goes hand-in-hand with what I was saying What anybody else says? Doesn't matter a fucking bit. They're not in your mind. They're not in your shoes. They don't know your pain Whether they're in the same bucket. They don't know the pain that you're feeling something That could be a huge crisis for you might not be anything for them. They could be dealing with their own crises or whatever but they can't get into your mind. So if they say something bad, you know, oh, you're depressed. Fuck them. They don't they don't matter. They're they're not walking in your shoes. They've never walked in your shoes. They don't know the stigma or any of that. So all you can do is trust yourself. If you feel bad, if you feel depressed, the only thing you can do is help to is to get help. What no matter what it is and mine like i said my coping mechanism is i kind of have multiple people on my friends list on facebook who know me better than anybody else because i confide in them they're absolute strangers outside of facebook effectively and they confide in me and it's it's almost like that therapy type yeah. thing you know you only you don't become friends with your fucking shrink You know, so you can tell him or her or whatever, you know, you can just, they hear everything except the difference between the way I'm doing it and a shrink is my friend can't be like, all right, man, you need some Zoloft or whatever. Like, I don't know an antidepressant. You need some of this.
0: Also, um, that's part of the stigma also is because you can go to a doctor and there are some people that require the medicine, right? Like they're not like, you know, me and victim where we just remove toxicity from our lives and things improved. Some people actually do need the medicine, but if you are found to not need the medicine, but you still suffer in that little five-gallon bucket you're talking about, like everyone else, people will judge you like you're faking it or you're not serious. And that's wrong. That needs to stop. Absolutely.
1: And I think that's Absolutely. probably why so, it it's important that you find someone that you trust. It doesn't have to be a doctor, just someone that you know you could say, "Hey, man, I'm having this feeling," and not have them fire back at you. Yeah, someone who well, will unless pick you the need to be fired at 3 back at if you know, situational.
2: Yeah, someone, someone who even if they wouldn't pick the phone up at three a.m. if you message them at 3am or you called them at 3am and they didn't pick the phone up the first thing they do when they see their phone in the morning is message you back immediately like yo what's up and that is the most important thing i think that's
0: that's a true where science and and medicine may or may not fail you i mean we still have other people
2: well fuck the medicine says may give you suicidal thoughts yeah it very well could fail you Considering the fact it's meant to treat depression and could literally make you more depressed, apparently, like then that's one reason I've stayed away from it. Like, yeah, no, I don't need well, that. Well, hopefully thanks. the doctor like, <laughs> knows that he's doing, right? Like <laughs> no.
1: He would know if that side effect could you know it's probably a lot of those medications just have high to tell you that. Yeah. Because if it happens and they can somehow link it back to the medicine, which may not even be the medicine's fault, even just based on what it's treating. They have to do that so that they don't suit and harm. yeah like they so I mean so you don't make like millions of other people that develop that medicine depressed, but and
2: <laughs> that you know. that side effect could only be from somebody who's perfectly adjusted taking the pill as a testy, mm. you know if you're f- perfectly fine in the head and then you, they give you medicine to treat depression, and its side effect could be you know depression like it's trying to make a chemical balance like or something, whatever it is depression 2.0 or.
1: Actual depression, if you were yeah, one of those yeah. people we talked about earlier. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey,
0: but um, but with sorry. with all that, yeah. If you don't mind, I think we should wrap up with something positive. You have I some was going to say
2: that. I was going to say that. I was going to say, with all that in mind, there's the darkness. There's the opportunities to get out and move away from your things or find a friend. I mean, even you guys needed a friend. But more importantly, with every bad thing there is a good thing yeah so well, m- unfortunately my friend left this world but there's a new baby coming in yeah there you go
1: uh, and, and, with, yeah, you, and with me i mean um mark the guy I was telling you guys about i know i kind of talked him a little bit but you know i came to the realization that you know for a long time in my life i'd looked at him as being the antagonist but really like this guy had been going behind my back to do like really good things for me and and they actually stick up for me and I just never knew because he never cared to brag about it and I found out about that like years later yeah. and it you know it like let let me up a bit I'm like this guy has been my best friend despite a lot of my other friends badmouthing him about it without me even knowing and you know for a lot of, like that helped me out a lot too where it made me see that I was being irrational I had already bypassed my depression at this point but it helped me to to stop it from coming back i guess uh Not not much of a coping mechanism, but it it was a lot of positivity. Um, You never know what people are doing or or thinking or saying, but it doesn't mean that it's always negative.
2: Exactly. And depression will make you think other people are antagonists, but hopefully little Dylan the Barge will never have to fight that sort of thing with his (laughs) lovely parents.
0: Uh, The listeners at home won't get to know, but... If it is a boy, the name's gonna be...